0: welcome to part two of my interview with aurora colello if you didn't get a chance to listen to part one which is episode 45 please do me a favor and listen there first we talked about her journey discovering that she had the disease ms and how she went to battle which is a very unique battle she decided not to go the medication route but to really heal herself with a different type of healthy lifestyle approach. So she changed how she ate, she changed how she exercised, she changed her mindset. Now in this part of the interview, we're gonna dive into really what I call Aurora getting her legs. And you'll understand when you hear, she didn't just overcome MS, she slayed it. And she continues to slay it in a big way just to give you a little peek under the tent she went from being somebody who never exercised in her life to someone who put it this way became a competitor you'll just have to listen to the rest of the episode to see what i mean meet aurora colello hi i'm maria otherwise known as the fit foodie i'm a chef holistic nutritionist author inventor and mom and I wanna welcome you to my podcast. It's called Recipes for Your Best Life. And with every episode, I'm peeling back the onion on fitness, nutrition, health, wellness, and family. The truth is, you're the chef of your life, and for every important pillar, there's a great recipe worth sharing. So every week, we'll explore them together. Think of it as food for thought that you can really sink your teeth into. So join me, and let's squeeze the joy out of this life. Cause you only get one. Can I get a fork? Yeah. Aurora. So you, you experienced something pretty incredible after your vision loss, it actually came back and you said it came back even clearer than before. Can you just kind of explain what happened when literally you started seeing things in a different way?
1: Yes, so as I talked about, my, my vision came back better than before after I was blind for 30 days. And uh, for me, that was really the beginning of, of looking at things a different way because I was, you know, I was blind and now I see. And it wasn't just with my vision, it was with everything. All of a sudden, I had so much hope that, you know, maybe what they're telling me isn't going to happen. Maybe I won't be in a wheelchair. Maybe these lesions won't get worse, like just maybe, because I, I had the top neurologist and an MS specialist tell me uh, that I, that was going to be the case. So, so I had so much hope for uh, just what could, what my body could do, that my body could heal. And then being educated through all the different places that I was looking for information for, um, the center that I was going to in Infidita and in a lot of other places I was just searching out, uh, I started to learn just, you know, food is medicine and really taking on that intentional eating, and that, that, that food is my medicine, and everything I'm eating and drinking can feed or fight this disease, and that was just incredibly empowering, and gave me, like I said, so much hope, and then through that process, you know, also solving my deficiencies, learning about that, um, that you can be so deficient in things, that you can have a symptom that could take you to go to a doctor, and that doctor will maybe medicate you instead of asking you the questions that are so important, which is how do you handle your stress? What kind of stress do you have? What is your lifestyle like? What's your diet like? What's your activity level like? And really getting to know you as a person to then give you the recommendations and seeing if, you know, there's other things you can do that don't have to be a medication, that maybe you are deficient in something or you are stressed out that can bring out so many different symptoms that do fit into a box of a lot of different diseases. And so
0: yeah, that, that, so would, you, bring, you bring up something really important that I want to just kind of key into is that modern medicine kind of treats the symptoms versus treating the, the disease, so to speak. So like it, I was just speaking to a doctor on another podcast episode uh, while well, he went through medis- medical school and he ended up dropping out just because it was too stressful, but he was mentioning that they really only take one nutrition class. And it's memorization. It's not even applied nutrition. So what what changed for you as far? I know your habits changed, but did you start to feel like stronger and more hopeful because your food was changing too?
1: Oh, well, 100%. Um, you know, everyone says your guts, well, they say it's your it's your second brain. I, I believe it's your first brain. And that if, too. You're, if you don't have a healthy gut, right? I mean, it is. It can affect everything. you can be depressed, you cannot have drive. it can affect your learning, your emotional state. It's not just a physical manifestation, it is mental emotional. And so I hundred percent felt this incredible I mean I used to tell my husband I never knew what healthy was until I didn't know how great it felt. I didn't understand why I thought I was healthy all these years and now I feel what real true health is and this is incredible because, I did feel physically stronger and, um, you know, not sicker and weaker like my doctor said I would, but stronger and healthier as, as the days went and months went on. But also I wasn't in this fog. I wasn't up and down all the time, which I used to tell my husband, well, I'm Latina, I'm Colombian. I'm going to be like emotional, you know? Yeah. And no, that's not, I mean, honestly, I think I'm always so grateful. If this wouldn't have happened to me, I'm sure. And now, you know, I'm 46. I have this. I've been, um, Living this way now, 11 years because December was my 11-year anniversary to my diagnosis. I know I would have been on some type of been put on some type of antidepressant or something. I was well on the way Mm. to something, you know, depressed depression medication, something because I was so up and down and I didn't know why. And I know why (laughs) because I wasn't feeding my body well. I wasn't taking care of myself. I was. Very depleted in so many things after having four kids close together and not really caring what I was putting in my body. It kind of sucks the life out of your body.
0: <laughs> you it, know, it People really don't does. Realize, yeah, like, being pregnant, what it does—like it literally, you feed the baby first, so the nutrients go there. If you're not getting enough, you're you're left a shell, basically.
1: Exactly, and it's not something that your traditional doctor is telling you when you go into ob and talking about. Your diet and all of these things, you know. And I went to a couple different ones since I had four kids and we were living in different places. But they don't tell you that. And also, just process of of birth, and then afterwards, the sleep deprivation if you're nursing, what that's taking out of your body, which I did to all, with all four of my kids. Um, and then just the stress of the of having newborns, having other kids in life <laughs> this normal stresses that life brings, right? Yeah. And so I, you know, so these are all things that I was learning about and realizing, wow, like I'm being taught what the root cause of this disease is. And all I have to do is fix it. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it that simple. Mm-hmm. And um, and that Did was Did you a baffle huge your stress.
0: doctors? You must have baffled them. They must have just been like, what is happening? Like Did she just (laughs) uncover something like that we have been trying to study and figure out for so long and she's figuring it out and she's not, a like they must've just been perplexed.
1: Oh, absolutely. And it's interesting. You talk to a lot of the functional medicine doctors, integrative doctors, holistic doctors, everyone in that world and ask them, how did you come to be here? You know, and and what, what happened is always you know something happened in my body or something happened in my family and I realized this isn't working and I looked another way and then they end up leaving their practice because they cannot continue practicing medicine the same way once Mm. they have this information Mm. and so it was actually they were actually angry like not in in a weird way like like annoyed angry annoyed um at me and my very um (laughs) <laughs> kind of stubborn, like, I know what I'm doing. I'm not going on that medication. What I'm doing is right. Look, I got my vision back. Remember, you said, and I did this and this. And I'm, and I'm so excited and passionate about what's happened to me. And one of my doctors um, put his hand on his, uh, his fist on his desk and said, I have been the top doctor for the past year in San Diego. You're trying to tell me that you're going to eat your way out of this. And another one, yes, very upset. Another one said to me, Look, If you want to take, you do whatever you want, but if you want to take care of your kids in the future, you need to get on the medications right away. Mm -hmm. And, and this is, they truly believe, I mean, I I know that they, they cared and they, it's not like they didn't want me well, but they were more of, of taking the perspective of, you're just getting lucky. This, you know, maybe yours isn't going to move as fast as we thought. Maybe it's just relapsing, remitting where you have a symptom and then you feel okay for a little bit and then you get hit again. And then, and this happens. You know more and more as, as the disease progresses with many people but I was so confident that what I was doing was working because of getting my vision back but also um, after a year of doing this finding a doctor online uh, through a like a TED talk I saw someone had told me to look at a TED talk with a doctor named Dr. Terry Walls who had MS and was doing everything she knew as a doctor to do, taking the medications, everything. She was in a wheelchair; she was about to be bedridden. Yeah. And she said, "This is, again, you know, going okay? What I know, what I was taught isn't working. So I need to figure this out." And all she did was begin changing her diet. And now, you know, after as well, she speaks now and she has a TED talk, and it's amazing. But after like a few months, she was um, seeing patients with a cane, and then she was on a walker and then she was riding her bike and it ha- her healing happened quick and was all she doing all the
0: food so the nutrition was it really was making a huge food. difference yeah
1: yeah just food and now she has a book called the wall's protocol and i've partnered up with her with different things and and she's an amazing woman but there's a lot of people like this you know we're not the only ones and so so finding her first and seeing wow okay because i was wondering what, what about in five years am i going to wish i had gone on medication what if something happens and sometimes I would worry about that but the, when I saw her TED talk I realized no she's a lot older than me she's in a wheel she was in a wheelchair progressed way beyond what I am where I'm at right now so if she's okay I'm gonna be just fine and I just stood very confident in that and I just believe there's a whole mindset to healing which could be another podcast mm-hmm. I'm sure yes, yes. And, and anyone I have talked to in any thing that has gone through this and is doing well whether it's whatever it is, whatever diagnosis it is, there is a mindset to that. Just like you talk to people who are successful, there is a mindset to success. There is a mindset to healing. It is
0: the mamba mentality, right? You know, so much so this warrior, uh, this warrior mindset that gets people to new levels and heights. So you're, you're seeing, uh, uh, you know, somebody else, a doctor, albeit a doctor, you know, somebody that in the medical profession that you had heard over and over again that. This is not the way to go. But you saw that example. What did you do next? You you kind of you took it next level, girl. You went. You went, <laughs> I you went all in.
1: I did. So, well, when I got diagnosed, you you know, it's just it's almost like you're dying. You know, you go through that same grieving process of you're you're upset, you're angry, you're kind of looking at a bucket list of what what do I need to do before my body you know, completely breaks down on me and ends up in a wheelchair. Like, what do I have left that I want to do? So one of the things that I always thought of was a triathlon. I had seen a triathlon when I was 19 years old in Kona. I was was living in Northern Virginia at the time um, with with my parents. And then when I graduated, I wanted to travel the world, but my parents were like, no way, you're not backpacking it to Europe by yourself. And so I had been part of this uh, Christian organization throughout the summers of my high school called YWAM, which stands with Youth with a Mission. So you could uh, do all kinds of different like relief work, volunteer work with them. And now they also had for adults, it wasn't just for youth, they had long-term kind of programs. And so I went and did um, a program with them called the Disciple Training School. And you got to choose they're all over the world, where you want to do it at what, what part of the world. And so I'm young, and I I didn't, I didn't want to go abroad yet, uh, that long, because we were gone for like almost a year, and so my dad loved going to Hawaii, he loved Hawaii, and we had gone there many times, and their main campus was in Kona, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's cool, I I know Kona, I've been there a lot of times, and so I went to Kona for this disciple training ship school, it's a few months of a training, and then you do a few months of outreach work, which I did in in Japan Hmm. at the time, so so I went after, instead of going to college right after, I went to youth of mission. And it happened that in October was the Ironman World Championships in Kona, which is like the Olympics of our sport. Everyone who is anyone in triathlon and any athlete that qualifies as a top athlete, they all race this race. And as an athlete, it is like the Olympics. I mean, you dream of racing in Kona and it's a hard race. It's a full Ironman, which is a, um, it's a um, a hundred mile bike and a full marathon and a two point one mile swim. I mean, it is it's a lot. Wow, in through lava through lava fields, you know, in Kona, which is the lava fields. I mean, it's it is it's very 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 grueling race, hard race. Um, and so we were signed up to be volunteers at this race, and so um, some of us were handing out waters, which I like to do, and science swimmers and. So I I didn't get what I was a part of at the time. I didn't understand how huge this was or what was happening. Um, I I wasn't at the like I was at a certain part of the race where like the, the bikers and the runners would go by and I would hand them sponges and water. But I didn't understand the magnitude of what I was a part of. And so I handed waters to Mark Allen, who's like a legend in sports, like handing a basketball to a Michael Jordan, you mm-hmm. know, in the past or something like that. I mean, it's it's a big deal. And and so. Again, no idea what I'm a part of. Well, as the time goes on, the the top athletes are just flying through this race. I mean, it's incredible to watch. They're like machines. Mm. And then as the day goes on and there's a cutoff point at night where if you don't cross the finish line by that time, your race is over, which is just devastating. If you've trained for a year for something like this and you can't finish, you know, because you didn't make the cutoff. So it was getting kind of close to that. And this one woman walked by now. In Kona, especially back in the '90s, it was these areas were pitch dark. There's no lights. It's lava fields, and and this woman was walking, was was jo- barely jogging by us, and we offered her water. She didn't want it, but she just looked like she was about to pass out. I mean, she was barely running. Her her hands were kind of like twisted in a weird way. Like just wow. she just didn't look like she was doing very well. But she was trying to run, which was like very impressive to me at the time. And so. I, I just kind of went up by her and I was like, come on, you're almost there. The finish line's closed. Let's go. Come on, you can do this. And I started encouraging her to run towards the finish line. Um, and so we, we, we ran a little further, a couple miles. And, um, and then all of a sudden I see the finish line of this race. And that was a point where I was like, Holy cow. What is this? I've, I am a part of something huge here, mm-hmm. and it's the finish line at Kona, which is just a massive shoot of people. That felt, it's like a human hallway, <laughs> you know, just people run through the um, the big red carpet leading up to the to the uh, finish line. There's tons of media and lights, and people are screaming. It is loud. It is intense. The energy is ridiculous at these at this race. And so I see her run towards her and I have to stop because now she's about time to the shoot. And I watch her run through the shoot and there they announce her name, which I can't remember, but it was like, Sarah, you are an Ironman. And she crossed. And then the next person, Michael, you are an Ironman. And, and the next person crossed and you see these people crossing and everyone cheering. And I just stood there like, what the heck, what is going on here? And, and my whole body had chills and I was wow just, I was trying to figure out. That gets out me what, emotional just happening. hearing
0: it. I can only imagine uh, what yeah, that feeling uh,
1: was. Uh, yeah. I mean, all these years later, like I'm 46, it happened when I was 19. It, I still get choked up and I've crossed half Ironman finish line because I've done 51 races at this point. I've done all the Wait, distances. wait, wait,
0: wait, stop, stop for a second. You, you were explaining this Ironman and you kept saying our sport, but I want everybody to just stop and hear for a second. You went from being diagnosed with MS and being told you have a terminal disease where you were going to be in a wheelchair eventually to doing how many marathons?
1: I mean, uh, triathlons. Yeah. So 51 triathlons. Um, It's funny. I was actually um, in Shape Magazine a few years back and I loved how they started the article. It says so you get diagnosed with MS at the age of thirty-five. What's the first thing you do? And it says that 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 a triathlon. Like what the heck? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and I love I love that because yes, that is what I I signed up for my first triathlon, uh, blind in my right eye, and not having ever worked out really. I mean, I had a very false view of health. I thought I was skinny and healthy. I don't need to work out. I don't need to eat well. I don't, you know, all those things that were so false. And so I didn't have a pair of gym shoes. All my shoes had high heels. I had to buy a <laughs> pair of gym shoes. I, I couldn't even run. The first time I, I tried to run a mile, I was like, just, I started running and then I had to stop And I couldn't breathe. I tasted this metal tape in my mouth. I felt I was going to pass out. And I looked at my time and I had only been running a few minutes. <laughs> so that's how bad it was. I mean, wow. just very, you know, had just zero endurance. The swimming, I had no idea. Like I knew how to swim to not drown, but not for a race. Right. And at the when I was doing this, which is funny because we live in one of the largest triathlon communities in the world, San Diego, because uh, of the weather and just everything here. It's perfect for training. It's perfect for athletes. We have some of the top athletes that live here. But I didn't know any triathletes at the time. Uh, I think maybe one. There was one person that was just starting to do them, but. I didn't know anyone. So I was just kind of showing up and doing my own thing and trying to figure this whole thing out. At the time, um, I mentioned we were in a really bad place. We had just gotten here, the market crashed. I had no idea we'd be where we are today with our business. But back then, I couldn't even afford a bike. And so I was training at spin classes and at the gym. And I was able to get a bike very, maybe a month before, very close to my race, a month before the actual race. And so I really wanted this. I wanted to do this one triathlon, which was like the second to shortest distance, which now would be like a warm up for me distance. Um, but it took me nine months to train for this. Um, and once but you, I crossed that I mean, that you went line, from
0: zero to 60 though, like you had nothing. And the fact that you even decided to do a triathlon, I think for most people listening is, is like so mind blowing-
1: yeah, I, I, it's mind-blowing to me even just looking back at where I was in my life. I'm blind, have a MS, and I have these four little kids, and here I am with this drive to do this. And I just, at one, some point during, because I always say, it's not about the race, it's about the journey. And it's so true because during this journey, me training to cross this finish line of something I never thought my body would be able to do, tied in with beating MS. So when mm. I crossed that finish line, it broke a lot of limiting beliefs for me. I'm like, I just did a triathlon. I just yeah. swam and I ran and I biked and I've never done that. And what else can I do? Like I can keep fighting this thing. I can do this. I, it just it just blew my world open, <laughs> you know? And so mm-hmm. it was pretty amazing. I, I raced, yeah, I raced my 51st triathlon in Malibu. I've uh, been their featured athletes at the Monaco, Nautical Malibu Triathlon out for six years, which has been a huge honor. And and I, I just- How long is that triathlon?
0: What is that distance? So,
1: well, they have. Um, they offer two different distances: an Olympic, international, and I've done both. I think that that last one I did was an Olympic. It's a shorter. I say shorter distance, but what's hard about that race is that it's a Zuma Beach and ocean. Ocean racing is very different than racing at the bay or in flat water. I mean, that beach is known for huge waves, and wow. it's a it's a, it's a huge challenge to to race that. You know, because once you've gone through your swim, you still have to run and bike, uh, so it's a very challenging sport, and, and I love it, and a lot of people who, who do triathlons, it, it does really do something, it breaks your limiting beliefs over and over again of what your body can do, and it's just amazing to watch your body build endurance uh, to be able to do these kind of races, especially with MS, having an MS diagnosis, usually when your body temperature rises, it promotes symptoms, so mm. a lot of people with MS can't do right? a spin class. Yes, yeah, exactly. They can't do a spin class. They can't do this level of, of racing or anything like that. And so it makes it even more incredible that, that I'm able to do that with this diagnosis. But I attribute it to the fact that I'm doing the work and I'm, a, I'm healing my body by solving the root cause and of where this, this disease comes from and being very intentional about how I do that. So Let me ask you incredible. a question.
0: Do you, do you feel like... MS is in your past. It's in the rear view mirror now, and it's never coming back. I mean, have you gotten to the point where you're just like, I battled that disease and it's gone? Or do, is there anything in your body or in your heart that says, you know, I could come back, like, but I just, I have to keep grinding.
1: So, you know, in the medical community, they'll never say MS can be healed. They say it's aggressive, it's incurable. You always have it. Now, I've had it for 11 years. I've had 10 lesions gone off my brain after the year of, of just, you know, changing my diet and my lifestyle. Um, my lesions, the 10 lesions that were showing up on four MRIs, the last MRI was completely clean, which is incredible. Incredible. I don't have any symptoms at all. Like I don't wake up and think, oh my gosh, this happening, this happening at the same time. I'm not cocky. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh yeah, because really any of us can get anything. Mm-hmm. So we have to, you know, I mean, any of us can end up with anxiety and depression or some autoimmune disease. We, we don't know, which is why you do the preventative work before you get there. And so while I believe that my body is healed from mess, I don't have it in my, I have no symptoms. I have no lesions. I have nothing that, before the three top neurologists tested me for MS, I passed with flying collars every test. I have not none of those anymore. But I'm not dumb. And so, I, I, you know, I, I'm not cocky, I should say. So I need to be I'm very careful. And I know my body so well. That's one thing I've really learned is to be very in tune with my body. So I can handle a lot on my plate. I, can, I do have, wear a lot of many different, many different hats in my career, with my family, with everything. But when emotional stress comes, it's very difficult for me. And I know that. So I'm very aware. And so I have to be very careful, just like any of us. Sure. Any of us have, we all do, right? Yes, so absolutely. Just, I so make you sure still practice to... the
0: lifestyle changes that you initiated from the very beginning with eating, you know, watching what you eat, managing your stress and everything. All of those things are still part of your practice and will sounds like forever be. It's, it's like you can't let off the gas.
1: A hundred percent, except my mentality, my mindset behind it has changed from one of doing this out of fear to mm-hmm. so doing this because this is good for my body and it's, sure. you know, and, and it's healing for my body. Because after a year of, of doing this kind of work, working on the root cause and race, you know, I had um, started racing and my body was training for the, the this first race. I um, had my last MRI, which I was mentioning to you, came up with no lesions on my brain, which my doctor said my neurologist was just in shock. She, at mm. that point, I was seeing an Ayurvedic neurologist. Uh, because I knew that she wouldn't think I was crazy. She was very supportive of what I was doing, unlike the other three. And um, and so she said, I've seen a lesion shrink and a lesion disappear, but all of your lesions are gone. Wow. And looking at my MRI report, because a, um, a lesion on the brain is demyelination. So the, the myelin sheath that covers your nerves in the brain, is destroyed and that's where the lesion forms and that's where the symptoms come from depending on where in your brain it is so i was used to seeing these mris the reports say demyelination at this you know i can't remember now what they were but at this point on the brain and demyelination here and here and then i pull up the picture of the mri and i would see the spots but this one came back with no demyelination present and a clean picture of my brain which i hadn't seen in a year with a clean brain like that it was absolutely shocking and amazing mm.
0: but you and felt so that I, you felt that difference in your body you kind of like walked in knowing like something's ch- shifting right
1: oh a hundred percent as I said I felt completely different physically mentally and emotionally and after that first year when I got that MRI back I thought oh look I'm good like you were asking me you know do you still live this way do you feel I thought that at the time look I it's other oh, are gone I'm feeling great I'm racing this is amazing I don't have this anymore and I started slacking on a few things that year. I never went back to how I was living before because I just I loved how I was feeling. It was amazing. But I slacked on a couple of things. And that year, I did experience three symptoms. And my MRI, then, that next MRI showed that a lesion was back. Wow. And one of those symptoms was incredibly scary. And it's called trimineal neuralgia. And it's the um, trimineal nerve in your face, which is awful if you google it they say it's the most excruciating pain known to man it's known as the suicide disease people without a mass habit, a lot of people just have this disease where they're having this pain in their face and it feels like the worst headache or migraine you've ever had someone stabbing you in the eye the worst earache the worst toothache all just firing off your face and and when I had that And it went, thank God, it went away. It was only a couple of hours, but I'll never forget it. I just say the name and my body reacts. Like I get chills every time. It's terrible. And a lot of people live with this their whole lives. So that's when I realized, you know what? I have this disease in my body. I know what to do to prevent it from showing up. So I'm going to do it. And I'm never going to feel like this again. I do not want to live with the, maybe I could have this again, this kind of symptoms. And so, that's just, you know, one of thousands of MS symptoms that you could have. Yeah. So that so was it, that was it for me.
0: You went, yeah. you went through this journey and you're still going through the journey, but you have climbed these mountains that, you know, people who are quote healthy would never even dream of. Is there mm-hmm. a next, is there something that you have your eye on that you want to conquer in the next year or what's, what, what's next for Aurora? I mean, I, I think the, the bottom line is we can overcome so much, but is there another thing that you have your eye on?
1: Um, yeah, there's, there's a few things. So personally, you know, as I mentioned always, and I held back here talking about Ironman, it's such a huge part of my life. I braced a half Ironman before and crossed an Ironman finish line, the half, but I've always, Kind of joked, you know. Some people save themselves for marriage. I'm saving myself for Iron Man. Like I can do an Iron Man. I could sign up for an Iron Man right now anywhere in the world, but not Kona. Kona, you have to qualify. You have to qualify. Or a, have or have an inspirational story spot. And so, to for me, if that ever happened, I w- it would be amazing dream come true. So that's always there and i always keep who do we need to, you know, talk, to, and, we need to talk to about the you kona know people do we on. need to talk to the
0: you know people we need to talk to the kona people you're about as inspiring a story <laughs> as, as anybody deserves to have thank
1: you i always you know i i there was a point in my life where i was like kind of manic about it. like oh my gosh i gotta get the spot and they used, to have, they used to have something called um uh oh i just lost the name of it but it was it was you could enter your story and then people would vote and Okona oh, Inspired, it was called, and and people would vote, and then they would get you, and then you, you would ha- you would win a spot in, they would pick like three people with inspirational stories, and I was so excited, because the year that came out, I had been on Shape Magazine, Latina Magazine, and all over the place, Fox News, like, it was crazy, and um, and I thought, this is my year now, people like all over have heard my story, and, and they closed it down that year, and so Aww. I was so heartbroken, and that's when I'm like, you know what? So I was so upset by that. And I said, I'm just gonna let this go. And if God wants me to race this, he's gonna work it out. I don't have exactly. to sit here and do anything. Yeah. And it will come to me when it's time. And so I kind of let that go. But also, I have such a passion for sharing my story, to give other people hope. Because if I would have heard someone like me, when I was sick and depressed and scared and looking at my kids wondering, how am I going to take care of this kid? What's going to happen to me? And I, it would have changed everything for me. And so you know, speaking for me is huge. You know, I want, I I actually went back to school to the Institute of Functional Medicine so that I would have the education behind my story. And um, I do see a few clients with MS as well. and do coaching with them. The thing I'm most excited about is I'm teaming up my husband and I to open up like a coaching and training and speaking company where we share with people what optimal health is in your life, you know. So, he talks on success. He's one of the top agents. He's rank, been ranked the size number thirty for Keller Williams at two hundred thousand agents, real estate agents. And so he speaks on success and just kind of how what he went through and um, and the mindset of it and and, all, and everything that was quite there. And then I would speak on the health because so many successful people are really sick or on yeah. their way to being really sick. So I and mean, let that go. And so kind of combining those two and and so, you know, a book has always been in my future, you know, we'll see. Um, I've had a lot of people approach me for that. And I feel like it's a good time now because the more time I have, the more my story has an impact with MS, that it has been 11 years and I have raced this many races and I have been healthy this long. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot out there. I'm super excited about just spreading the hope and the message that there's, an, there's another way and our bodies can heal.
0: This is beautiful. Well, everybody listening to this, please share it because, you know, whether it's MS or any other disease, the truth is we all have it harboring. It's just a matter of whether or not we're going to let it manifest. So, so many things that we can do in taking care of ourselves, but Aurora, thank Mm -hmm. you for being a light. Thank you for being so inspiring. Thank you for sharing and being so vulnerable and um we're going to be rooting you on for kona i think everybody thank you <laughs> that's hearing this is putting that good vibration out into the universe so i appreciate you and i know i'm going to see you so you on much that for podium. having me oh i would love
1: that it'd that be a dream it'd be awesome thank you so much
0: hey thank you so much for listening to this week's episode i know you have a lot of choices out there of what to listen to, what to watch. So it means a lot to me that you're here with me. And hey, if you love this content, would you hit the subscribe button? I want you around. I don't want you to just show up for one episode and leave. I want you here, part of the conversation, a seat at this table. And while you're at it, would you share this with your friends and family? And if you take a screenshot and share it on your social media with a hashtag, R-F-Y-B-L for recipes for your best life. I'll make sure to personally give you a shout out and you may just be featured right here on the show. So until next time, here's to living deliciously and being the chef of your best life.